You are listening to I Doubt It with me, your host, Jesse Dolliman, a podcast dedicated to free-thinking discussion, ideas, skepticism, but most importantly, a good time. myself, uh, Jesse Dollimore. I am the host of I Doubt It here on Unnamed Podcast Network. <laughs> Apparently at first it's going to be hosted on my own server, so be it. Uh, this is my beautiful and talented co-host. Sidekick Brittany Page. Sidekick. She's actually wearing a Supergirl uniform right now with a big SK logo on the front it took me a while to make but i think it was worth it she is super strong when she wears it too the sidekick uniform it is uh and more intelligent <laughs> more intelligent than me hmm boo i don't have a sidekick uniform uh anyway we are coming at you live recorded from uh, the beautiful shores of the pacific ocean in orange county and i just want to kind of give you a brief overview of what the show is going to contain and what it's about. Um, I am a guy with a lot of opinions. I'm sure just like you, unfortunately, a lot of my viewpoints, I don't hear from your traditional sources. Um, you've got MSNBC, which is radical, right? Le or, uh, radical left wing, wacky, bizarre. And on the other end of the spectrum, you've got the asinine politically motivated propagandists at uh, Fox News. Um, I would even say that they're beyond even just regular Republican rhetoric. They're, it's the Roger, Roger Ailes machine that controls the, uh, the agenda over there. And they don't speak for me. And I don't think they speak for, mo well, God, I would really hope they don't speak for most Americans, but unfortunately. <laughs> they're pretty popular, so you have to think Yeah, that. unfortunately, I think that's probably true. They do speak for most Americans where MSNBC does not because their ratings blow. I think our first episode will probably have more listeners than the Rachel Maddow show does on any given night. Let's hope so. Goddamn, that would be great. No. <laughs> anyway, so I was a snort. That was. That, that I was caught a, that. I, was, well, I wasn't going to say anything because I didn't want to embarrass you on the first show. <laughs> but goddamn, keep it under control. I know, that was a full-on snort. So anyway, what I'd like to say is... Um, because I haven't found any vehicle to listen and engage with that expresses my particular flavor of opinion, um, I wanted to put it out there because I know there's a lot of people like me when having discussions with friends and colleagues and, uh, a lot of people tend to agree with me and there's really no source out there that distributes the kind of ideas that I, that I have. So I wanted to put it out there. I want to further the conversation. I want to further the, uh, the content that I think is important. And this is that exact vehicle to do so. So welcome to the show. I appreciate you tuning in. Uh, your support matters very much. And, uh, you know, that's what it is. I doubt it. The name comes from the fact that uh, I'm a skeptic chiefly. 
Um, I am an atheist, but that's not what this show primarily is going to be about. It's not going to be just a religion show. It's about my skepticism. And, uh, you know, I told a friend once that you've got your right wing and your left wing. And typically, it's almost always somewhere in the middle that's right. Um, and I really want this show to embody that particular ethos. Because I think it really rings true. So, we're going to get started here. Um, there is something that's really gnawing at me. Uh, while uh, we were on our way into the studio today, uh, we obviously, like I spoke earlier, we, we live in Southern California in Orange County, so we're not in the shithole that is L.A. And uh, we were driving two in a car, so we can, we're able to take advantage of the, H, I call it the HOV lane, California calls it the carpool lane. And speed limit's 65, I think. Yes. I typically drive eighty right at 80 miles an hour. With, because most people do. That's exactly right. Flow of traffic with everybody else. And there is uh, a person in front of me. It ended up being several people. As the story will progress, you'll see. Someone in front of me who wants to go 70 miles an hour in the carpool lane. Um. I, I rapidly come up on them and they will not, there's, it's, it's weekend. There's, we're recording this on the weekend. There's no one in the side lanes. They can get over. There's no need for them to be in the carpool lane other than the fact that they have a legal right to do so. So I went around them aggressively, maybe too aggressively because that is my want. And they were pissed off. What com- what compels someone to want to control everyone else? That's what they want to do, too. It's taking it upon themselves to enforce the speed limit. Because even this person was going faster, but we encounter people daily that are going 65, 60, sometimes below 60. And that's dangerous on these freeways when the average speed is 80 miles per hour. Well, it's not. It's these asshats who take it upon themselves, like you said, to try to enforce their own sense of the law or morality. Listen, when someone comes up behind me, one, it's not just the carpool lane. It's the fast lane. It's that lane. If someone comes up behind me and they're going faster than me, I get the fuck out of the way. Because that is what you do. Yeah, if they you, have somewhere to you be. You do not want to impede the movement of traffic. Get the fuck out of the way. Now, obviously, <clears throat> just... To let the audience know, I primarily grew up in Idaho, where really there's no traffic. I mean, you have a larger chance of getting stuck behind a horse-drawn buggy (laughs) or a logging truck than you do a traffic jam on an interstate, chiefly because there's only two interstates in the entire state. Interstate 90 in Coeur d'Alene, I think that's it. And I'm not an expert on freeways in Idaho, so and Interstate 84, which runs through the south. And then here you have I take four freeways just to get to work. So yeah, yeah, it's ridiculous. So anyway, I guess this is just a message going out there to the ether, possibly. Listen, if you're driving in the fast lane and someone comes up behind you driving faster than you, don't take it upon yourself to try to slow them down. Get the fuck. Out of the way.
and that's just one of the main things that California drivers do. There's a litany of behaviors that they do that are terrible. Yeah. Not speeding up to get on the freeway, going 35 when you're entering the freeway, that's pretty dangerous. Well, it's just it's a general sense of self-entitlement. It's a, a general sense of self-importance. No one uses their signal here. No oh, one. Damn. It means nothing to these people. Absolutely nothing. Yeah, it's it's a guessing game. It's an odd guessing game. Well, I have this like sixth sense now where I can like sense if someone's coming over because that's what I've had to develop in order to protect myself. I've had to like learn this ability to tell when someone's coming over because you they won't let you know. You're just going to have to figure it out. It's like when you had it when you were a kid and you had one of the what is the the fucking the monkey goes around the and then the thing pops up. Oh yeah, I know what you're talking about. <laughs> Except it's not a monkey popping out of a little toy. It's a full-size SUV smashing into you yes. and killing everyone in its way. Yes, precisely. Terrifying. Speaking of of asshole drivers, um that leads us Actually, right into our first topic. Assholes. Yes. And shockingly enough, we're going to be talking about atheists being assholes, which is weird since uh, Jesse is well known for his outspoken atheism. I like to consider myself an evangelical atheist. Brittany and I were recently in Austin, and we went to Franklin Barbecue, not to plug Franklin Barbecue. It's delicious, though. Franklin Barbecue is the absolute bar none best barbecue in the country probably the world because i don't think that uh there's a lot of barbecuing going on in italy but uh i we struck up a conversation with the people in front of us and i let them know through natural course of conversation it wasn't the first hi i'm jesse i'm an evangelical atheist but i mentioned it in casual conversation and i used those words evangelical atheist and the Christian chick got a real kick out of it. She thought it was hilarious. She did, which was kind of shocking. Because she's never heard the term. Anyway, back to Brittany's point. Even though we're both atheists. Yes, so I am as well. And I wouldn't say I'm an evangelical, though I'm not as prominent as Jesse. But we're both atheists. And we're going to talk about um, the American Humanist Associate Association of Riverside County here in California an atheist group that is fighting with a grieving mom over a roadside cross memorial. And it's rather disturbing. It's probably embarrassing is the best way to explain it. Well, I think it's a waste of resources. Um, What they're doing, I tell you what, NBC, the local NBC, the LA local NBC affiliate, they did a story on it. I'm going to play you a clip and then we'll talk about it. A controversy involving a roadside memorial is taking center stage today in Lake Elsinore. The memorial cross is dedicated to a young man who died there two years ago. But a national atheist group says it doesn't belong on city property. The cross in question is currently located on Lake Street near Interstate 15. And for the first time, NBC4's Jacob Ruskin spoke with the mother of the victim and is live in Lake Elsinore. Jacob. Michelle, hi. It was an accidental death. This is for Anthony Devani. He was 19 years old. He was crossing the street in the dark. His family says they've been fighting to keep this here for two years, and today they lost that fight. 
Just as she's done almost every week for two years. Today, Anne-Marie Devani visits the spot where her only son, Anthony, died in a car crash. We all miss you so much, Anthony. And this will be the last visit. What happened to be him? He was only 19 years old with me and his whole life ahead of him. Later today, the crosses that symbolize Anthony's Christian faith will be removed. The Lake Elsinore City Council decided they had to go after receiving a letter from the American Humanist Association warning the city of a, quote, serious constitutional violation and accusing the city of, quote, sponsoring yet another Christian display on government property. It was only last week that a federal judge ruled against the city and in favor of the Humanist Association, saying Lake Elsinore's design of a memorial that included crosses and a Star of David was unconstitutional on a state and federal level. What kind of a symbol do they want for death? Nothing? Reporting live in Lake Elsinore, Jacob Rascone. Well, listen. Well, first of all, I want to address the last lady's comment. Of what do they want for a symbol? Nothing. I think it's, as an atheist, and I'm unashamed, I'm an unabashed atheist, I think it's a little odd that you want the symbol for death to be the symbol of your faith. I think that's odd. Uh, but go, beyond all that, though, um, listen, <clears throat> as previously stated, I am an atheist, and I'm unashamed of it. Um, I believe, listen, it's 2014. There's no need to hide in a closet anymore because you don't happen to believe in gods you don't believe that gods supernatural gods exist whether it be the christian god or buddha or hindu or vishnu or any of these other hindu's not a god but it's a religion we we got that <laughs> so uh being that we're in, we live in modernity we, i don't need to hide i'm not ashamed of it uh, you know i i try to base my my belief system on fact and evidence and reason and rationality and that's fine. If you want to be a Christian, be a Christian. I don't agree with it, but whatever. My problem is the reason I want to establish that I am an atheist and I am an un unashamed atheist is the fact that this atheist organization, which is a prominent atheist organization, the American Humanist Association, they have a, face a wildly popular Facebook page. Which I like, by the way. I also like the page, meaning I follow the page. I like I like i wish there was some kind of a boop little little air quotes drop i could place when i do it but I, I i like the page i follow them on facebook um they are waste they are squandering valuable resources time effort manpower and they're also squandering their reputation trying to fight this effort trying to fight this particular fight as as they are do as they do with many fights this is a woman whose son died at 19 in a I, I'm not hit and run but he was he was hit by a car while crossing the street yes in the dark and now he's dead and she wanted this memorial put up and why can't we let her have the memorial why is it an issue as an atheist i've never been driving down the street and i mean we see these roadside memorials everywhere and i've never seen one and felt threatened felt like my rights were being violated or that my rights were threatened 
I've never felt offended. I've never felt anything. I mean, other than sadness for the fact that someone had passed there and, you know, that's tragic. Um, But to have an atheist group come after this woman and her memorial for her son, it's embarrassing for me as an atheist. And it contributes to the prejudice that we see against atheists. You know, in this Gallup poll from June of 2012, we saw that Atheists are, they see the most bias in um, a selection of a presidential candidate when people are asked, if your party nominated a generally well-qualified person for president who happened to be a blank, would you vote for that person? And atheists see the most bias with 43% of people saying, no, I would not vote for a generally well-qualified person. That's an atheist. 43% of Americans polled. 43%. Almost half of Americans polled were asked if a generally qualified person, that doesn't mean Mitt Romney, that means generally qualified person, if Barack Obama and we won't get into this, but I think it's terrible. If Barack Obama, who's generally qualified for president, if he was an atheist, would you vote for him? And their answer was no. Why? Because he doesn't believe in the existence of gods. And what's what's particularly interesting to me about this specific poll is that atheists saw more bias than Muslims or gays and lesbians or Mormons, or Jews, or Hispanics, or Catholics, or women, or blacks. Bottom of the barrel. In that order, by the way. Last place. Of the bias. So atheists see the most bias over those people. And why? Why does that even, that doesn't make sense to me at all. I'll tell you why. Well, my opinion of why. It is because of groups like the American Humanist Association. Exactly. Who are squandering their spotlight by trying to fight makeshift memorials on the roadside. These aren't hurting anyone. No one's rights are being taken away. It's not an establishment of religion. The government has nothing to do with these other than the fact that they're not taking the the trash away. Because all that is is two pieces of wood who've been nailed together and someone's name is on them. It's, it's not some grand memorial that's carved out of stone that sits inside of or just outside of a courtroom. It's a personal memorial to someone who died, who meant someone to someone so deeply. And this kind of um, attitude and carelessness of the atheist group taking up this issue, it just contributes to people believing that atheists are bitter and angry and you know where do you get your moral code kind of like what the woman said at the end of the clip is well what do, what do they want to put up nothing and it's like well if they choose to do nothing that's what they choose you want a cross you should be able to have that too we shouldn't be even like this argument's ridiculous well it's a squandering of resources and it's not just monetary resources because they're not just working off of a money tree that they have in their in their backyard. These people are surviving off of the donations of like-minded individuals. And let me tell you, until they turn their shit around, I'm not going to be given any of my resources because they are squandering what they have. Put the fight into something that matters. 
it, 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 I think it's far more noble to try to stop prayer in schools or or intelligent design being taught in schools. Those types of issues form the the minds of the young, and that is what is important. Roadside makeshift memorials put up by loved ones of the dead, that's not important. The First Amendment is about the establishment of religion. Congress shall make no law relative to an establishment of religion. Not, not hey, Miss Delgado, I don't remember her name, but Miss X, sorry, you can't put up. That's not in the Constitution. She can do what she wants. Don't sue the city of Lake Elsinore because you have a bee in your bonnet about a cross, a makeshift roadside memorial, just like you have an issue with a cross being put up on some hill that happens to be public property, or the cross up on Table Rock in Boise, Idaho, because the city sold the land to some landowner, to some person who wanted to put a cross up. Let's deal with the important stuff. Let's not deal with these trivial Bullshit issues that only denigrate the name of atheists. You're embarrassing me. Stop it. All right. All right, let's move on. I'm, I'll cool down. Um, what do we got next, Brett? Well, something that has been popular in the news lately, if you pay attention to that, has been um, research into the morality of babies. And Paul- wait, wait, wait. Morality of Babies? Like babies. How, how old? What do you mean babies? Because I'm, I'm considered by many to be, a ba- to be a baby. Six months old, one year old. Oh, that's, yeah, that's out of my range. Yeah, it's babies. <laughs> you mean babies. Yes, literal babies. So Paul Bloom, a professor of psychology at Yale, his new book recently came out, Just Babies. And so through the process of promoting this book, um, Various news outlets have had specials regarding the research that he's done into baby morality. And it's pretty fascinating. The studies primarily focus on uh, puppet shows or some kind of objects that are presented before the babies. And they these objects or puppets engage in hindering or helping behaviors. And, you know, naturally, as an adult, if you were to witness someone hindering someone's progress or helping their progress you would feel well one of those people is doing a good thing one of those people is doing a bad thing so they kind of looked at can babies tell when someone is hindering if they're bad or if they're helping they're good so one of the studies they did they did numerous studies with these babies but one of them is um the baby is sitting in the lap of their parents they're presented a puppet show One of the puppets is trying to open a box and a puppet comes in and slams the box down, Mm. obviously hindering the action. That's the dick baby. That is. Not the (laughs) baby, the puppet. No, no, sorry. The babies are not dicks. How could you say that about a baby? (laughs) I'm a bastard. That's the dick puppet. That is. And it's not in the shape of a dick. It's probably more like a bunny. Yeah, they do different. Or a teddy bear. Yeah, they do different kinds of puppets. Not dick puppets. And then they have... Quit thinking it's dick puppets. What's going on over there? (laughs) And then they have a puppet that is watching the puppet struggle to open the box and comes over and helps the puppet open the box. Yay, what a nice puppet. And so 
they can tell, you know, a difference between these two puppets. So then they, they sh- the studiers or well, the, I'm, I'm saying that the baby can anybody can tell the difference oh, between okay. the two puppets. Yeah, yeah. So in the end, they find that six and uh, six and ten month old infants overwhelmingly prefer the helpful puppet to the hindering puppet. And this isn't just a subtle statistical trend. This is just about all babies that reach for the puppet. They actually reach out for the helping puppet. And they did certain things to... So they're given a choice between the two. Yeah. And to eliminate bias, they have the parent close their eyes when the baby goes to choose. So the parent isn't giving slight cues of what they think they should choose or, you know, you know what, what could go on there. That's, that's probably because they don't have no dummies at Yale. Yes, that's probably the case. And the, um, the person who's presenting the puppets to the baby also didn't watch the puppet show, so they don't know which puppet was being rude. And which puppet was being helpful? So them rude ass puppets. They're you know they're not uh, pushing the helpful one forward a little bit or pulling you know trying to sway the study. So they it's, don't. It's know. like double blind almost. Yes, and so in addition to that, people were concerned. Well, are the are the babies just choosing a color of shirt they like on the bunny? Is there something with that? And so they also did the studies where they change it up. Sometimes the Hindering puppet is wearing an orange shirt. Dick puppet. Or sometimes the helpful puppet is wearing an orange shirt. So it's not about what color the baby's drawn to. It's they actually narrowed it down to what behavior this puppet is engaging in and how the infant is perceiving it and which one they reach for. Awesome. It let me tell you, ladies and gentlemen, it is a wonderful time to live in the age that we do. Yes. That it is 2014, and we are understanding more and more and more. I would say, and obviously Brittany's field is psychology, um, being that she's educated in that. and um, <clears throat> Semi. Well, you're educated in that. You know what I'm educated in? Jack Assery. <laughs> you are educated in psychology. So... I think that it's it's an emerging, wonderful time right now. It's the industrial revolution where it relates to psychology. We're understanding more and more and more about the brain, and they're taking the the blinders are coming off, especially where it relates to the young mind. This is awesome, awesome research that we are. Uh, six months ago, we would have said, "Oh, a baby. Oh, it's just a blank slate. It's." You just write. It's it's just a, a blank piece of paper. You get to write what you want to write on it, and that's not the case. We're finding out pr- with empirical data that that's not the case. Well, and it was also interesting in these studies because you have to think about so many different variables that could skew the results, and you have to make sure that you're really getting at the heart of what you're looking for. And in another study, they introduced a a, a neutral character to see if maybe a neutral character would would make a difference. And the babies still chose the good uh, puppet over the neutral puppet. And they they recognized which one was good, even when there was a neutral puppet in the play. So that's really interesting. And I think that the the research into when we start to develop a sense of morality is really important and telling and 
you know, Paul Bloom talks about how morality is the synthesis of biological and the cultural, um, of the unlearned, the discovered, and the invented. And babies we're now finding possess certain moral foundations. They have the capacity and willingness to judge the actions of others, some sense of justice, and gut responses to altruism and nastiness. And I think that that's amazing that babies from six to 12 months old can make these judgment calls and can tell when people are being good and bad, you know? Well, it certainly makes me not want to give babies dirty looks like I often do. They'll know. Because I'm kind of a hateful prick to babies. I don't know if you know. <laughs> not a good thing to admit. They'll remember. I wonder if they're like elephants and they just, they, they're going to hold on to that. Yeah. Just, yeah. they're going to let you know. They're yeah. going to come back. Yeah, they're going to take crackers from you like they did in one of these studies. Oh, that is what they did, didn't yeah, they? Yeah, yeah. They'll reward you if you're good, and if you're bad, they'll punish you. So they know. Uh, there's an evil, evil nursery rhyme somewhere in here. Uh-oh. All right, well, moving on. Our next piece of good news slash bad news comes to you from Texas. <laughs> I think we're going to end up having uh, quite a bit of Texas stories. You know, there's that whole Florida is the land that time forgot. And there's this legion of shirtless, shoeless episodes of cops. Well, Texas seems to be finding its way into that same, that same comparison. And I think our next story comes from the great state of texas Brittany. yeah in kilgore texas i believe kilgore texas school district officials agreed friday to pay seventy-seven thousand dollars seventy-seven five to settle a lawsuit filed by a lesbian student who said her coaches outed her as gay to her mother so when sky wyatt then 16 arrived at the field then kilgore school district official Softball coach Rhonda Fletcher and Cassandra Newell dismissed the, mess of the rest of the team. The coaches called Wyatt into an empty locker room, locked the door, and accused her of having a sexual relationship with another girl and of being a lesbian, according to the lawsuit. At the time of the confrontation, Wyatt and the other girl were dating, the lawsuit states, Wyatt denied the accusations, and the coaches threatened to sue her for slander, told her she, sh she could not play in the softball game, and said they were going to tell her mother she was involved with another girl, according to the lawsuit. The coaches called Barbara Wyatt and asked her to meet them at the field, which she did 40 minutes later, and was told her daughter was homosexual. The Kilgore School District Board believes that the actions of its employees were in all things lawful. The Kilgore, the Kilgore School District Board believes that the pre-existing policies of the dis district were much more than adequate, and the board policies in existence at the time will continue to remain in full force and effect. No policies are going to be withdrawn, changed, or modified. No new policies are going to be adopted. The plaintiff's counsel in this case attempted to bully the board into changing its policies by threatening long expenses expensive and protracted litigation the kilgorn school district board refused the statement said well there's a couple things in there that really need to be addressed um one the school district after these bitches 
these terrible human beings. These not very nice ladies. Isn't that what I said? <laughs> no. Oh, I didn't? No. Oh, in my head Just I said... a little bit more harsh. I had... I, in my head I said not very nice ladies. Okay. Oh. We'll hear that then. Okay. I'll edit that out. Um, not only is the behavior of those two women deplorable, disgusting, reprehensible, evil, if that's your word... The school district is going to stand behind them and not alter their policy. That is unacceptable. The people of Texas, and I make jokes about Texas. Listen, when I was in the Marine Corps, uh, most of the Texans with whom I served thought Texas should be their own nation, their own country. There's a special kind of crazy that goes on in Texas that doesn't go on anywhere else. I'm not judging it. It's just the way it is. So the people of Texas, these proud, deeply prideful people in Texas, should not allow or accept this kind of hateful, terrible behavior to go on. This is fucking ridiculous. Who are they to out a student to their parents? It's They took it upon themselves as softball coaches. Oh, you have this high and elevated, lofty post as a softball coach that you need to, I'm going to take care of biz because no one else is really taking care of this. This is bullshit. Yeah, it's, it's very strange to think about these softball coaches coming in. And sitting this girl down and saying, are you... Locking the door. Are you dating Are you dating a woman? Are you a lesbian? Okay, we're going to tell your mom. Wait, what? It, it just, why are you even addressing the situation? What, what are you concerned about? Well, also, they're, they're clearly... Well, I don't, not clearly, we don't know. But they're not educated where it relates to mental health issues. They're not educated where it relates to... Uh, the social dynamic. They're not educated where it relates to interpersonal relationships or se- human sexuality. These likely are two wanton hicks who coach a softball team who feel that they have this moral heavyweight because they're Christians. Well, and they obviously didn't think about the. I don't know if they're educated about mental health issues or whatever, but well, they, I'm, uh, I'm speculating. They certainly didn't take those things into consideration when thinking about how this would affect her. You know, Sky Wyatt, she's now 21 years old. She has said that it was incredibly difficult for her to go through all of this pain of being outed and kicked off her softball team and that she didn't have a relationship with her mom for two years or didn't have a good one for two years because of the situation. She revealed that her school performance had dropped, that she started suffering insomnia, that she started to cut herself, even became suicidal. I mean, those are serious things that she then had to go through because these women decided to confront her about something that mattered to them. Not at all. I mean, why did it have any impact on them? Listen, whether someone does or whether someone does not come out of the closet as being gay is of no one's concern but theirs and i'm conflicted sometimes because you know there have been politicians who have been outed against their will and i've been like yeah that's great but 
that's a personal thing that I feel that I probably shouldn't feel because it's only up to them whether they want to come out. It's not someone else's decision to do that. It's hateful. These women, these two, quote unquote, not so nice ladies, they did this based on their hate, their vitriol, their venom. I'm speculating, allegedly, they did this because of that. (laughs) I think it is kind of obvious, though, because, I mean, they can claim that they're concerned about her spending uh, eternity in hellfire, but... Yeah, but that's not their role as a softball coach. It's not their role as a high school employee. It's not their role as a school district employee to decide about the, the salvation of a student, the mythological salvation of a student. Oh, I think it's definitely their role. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's terrible. It, it, it's going on all across this country where, well, listen... Our school system is completely fucked right now. You've either got, and this might be hyperbole, but you've either got student uh, teachers who are trying to bang their students or teachers who are trying to bang their students over the head with religion. It's either I want to have sex with you or we're going to brainwash you into our cult so you don't burn in a mythological hell for eternity. It doesn't make any sense. So Texas, get your shit on lock. Get your shit figured out. Quit trying to teach creationism in your schools. Quit trying to have your school districts back up policies that are damaging psychologically to the young, especially gay, gay, gay and lesbian young who are already psychologically vulnerable because they're insecure about. Listen, growing up straight, I was insecure. Growing up, I can't even imagine growing up gay. The, the insecurity levels would have been off the fucking charts. So they don't need the extra kick in the face. If the straight kids don't need the kick in the face, the gay kids certainly don't need a kick in the face. And the way that our government is set up and the way that our, our laws are set up, moreover, it's, it's, a, it's a level of protection against oppression. But it's not just... Op- protection for the majority it's absolutely a protection of the minority from the majority that's why we were founded that's why the pilgrims in the fairy tale that you're taught in school they came to escaping religious persecution well you know what let's make that fairy tale reality and let's continue to protect the minority against the wishes legitimate or not of the of the majority yes please so this story can go we're going to categorize this story into the uh texas folder which i think is probably going to be filled pretty quickly yes for sure we're also going to have a florida folder That'll just be primarily uh, comical stories, though. It's actually, sure. the Florida folder is probably not going to be a folder, but a dumpster, the size of a dumpster, because it will be filled rapidly. Yes, for sure. I mean, George Zimmerman is from Florida. Zimmerman. No, I couldn't think of his name. It's a George Zimmer. Yes, the, the, we know. I'm going to like the way you look, or you're going to like the way you look, guy. Guarantee it. <laughs> 
So listen, we're going to have several folders. Texas is one of them. Florida is clearly going to be one of them. And, uh, you know, maybe we'll have a West Virginia folder. We already started our California folder today, too. Goddamn. I wish I had, I wish I had some banjo music right now. That would be beautiful. All right. On that uh, hilarious musical note, I'm going to wrap up the show. I want to uh, thank my lovely co-host, uh, Brittany Page. Sidekick, you're welcome. <laughs> and uh, I want to let the audience know that uh, this is going to be a work in progress. We're going to be evolving this into... Ooh, evolve. That's, that's a bad word. We're going to be, this is going to be growing into something different than it is right now. Um, I'm, if you have questions, if you have comments, if you want to make snarky remarks on Twitter, awesome. My Twitter handle is at Dollamore, D-O-L-L-E-M-O-R-E. And mine is at Brittany E. Page, B-R-I-T-T-A-N-Y-E-P-A-G-E. Brittany E. Page. And if you want to email the show, you can email the show at idoubtit at dollamore.com. Um, if you'd like to check out any of the YouTube videos that I've made, my quote-unquote hastily made YouTube videos, you can go to youtube.com slash dollamore. Well, I might as well just go through the whole litany. You're just dollamore on everything. I'm dollamore on everything. Just type in dollamore. Yeah, just Google dollamore. If you want to see Instagram pictures of the delicious food that I eat, then uh, it's Instagram Dollamore. It's Twitter Dollamore. It's Facebook Dollamore. It's Dollamore is out there. Dollamore. Yeah, so we want to thank you for listening to the show today. Uh, we really encourage your participation. This, we think, is going to become something where we can – I already have the ability to pipe people in through Skype. So if you've got a question, you want to be on the show, you want to engage, you want to disagree, that's awesome. Let's do that. Let's create a dialogue here, and uh, let's make this happen. This is not just my show. This is not just Brittany's show. This is our show, and let's make it something special. Listen, we want to thank you for tuning in to I Doubt It with Jesse Dollamore. And we really hope to see you next time with a brand new episode. <laughs>